The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We are a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who splits his time equally between all of his games, Josh Barboni. Mm. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. That's not a true fact about me, but it's uh, ideally... Uh, something i would like <laughs> yeah it's not a true fact about myself either i'm really really bad at once i get if i find a game i really like or i'm really in love with a game it's really hard to get me to you know dabble in something else to have new games to talk about on the podcast yeah 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 uh i agree but yeah i'm doing good doing good otherwise good. i did uh, i did forget to mention i did upgrade my wi-fi system over the weekend so if anything weird happens while we're recording we know that it wasn't a great success <laughs> wait you record when we podcast you recorded on your wi-fi not wi no but i mean i upgraded my whole wi-fi system in the house it's still hardwired but okay uh, i'm using a whole new system i'm using the google mesh system now gotcha. instead of my linksys setup so uh, uh i did make sure to turn wi-fi off on this because <laughs> i just i realized <laughs> it was like on and it was hardwired so that was weird yeah, I say I will. Your the picture uh, coming through while we record is much clearer than it usually is, oh. and you're not freezing as often as you do. So maybe it's doing wonders. Great, that's good news. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's good. It's good. Uh, Josh, are you surviving this uh, spring forward time savings that we have going on, or sun savings? I guess that we have going. Am on. Am I surviving it? Yeah. Uh, let's just say I was awake for the change. <laughs> Uh, so it was a lot. Is that night. on purpose? No. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Okay. It was on purpose, but I, it wasn't a smart decision. I, as you know, right before we started recording, I was yawning a lot. I was not awake for the change, but I didn't go bed to bed significantly before the change. I will sure. say that. But yeah. yeah, watching my clock go from two to three real quick was very upsetting <laughs> that would be i gotta imagine that would actually from one to three technically 159 right to three. Two, three. <laughs> yeah uh, are you a fan of daylight saving in the sense of would you rather just have more sun all the time like we do when we're on daylight savings and when we're actually saving the daylight no i don't i think it is uh, just get rid of it right but what i'm saying is if we got rid of it which yeah. time would you want would you want oh. the you know what I'm saying? I prefer lighter in the evenings. Yeah, I think everyone does, right? Yeah, because what are you really doing at 6 a.m. in the dark? Well, the farmers do that's driving. Right? <laughs> yeah, apparently it's all for the farmers. Um, yeah. That's what like Central Time Zone and West Coast, like, like Pacific Time is for. Just well, go far you, where it's brighter in the morning. <laughs> here's the thing. As someone who has lived in... Uh, 
stays with a lot of agriculture for basically my entire life. Mm. Uh, tractors have these cool things called lights, lights. on them now. Yeah. It's pretty revolutionary. <laughs> that uh, a lot of work gets done that way. Because let me tell you, they're sometimes still out working at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And that us having, you know, adjusting the time for them by an hour isn't helping in that situation. So, yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think it's time to to ditch this change. I don't know if it's super beneficial. I don't know why we would continue to do it at this point. Uh, do you agree that it's time to just be be gone with daylight savings time and this change of time? Yeah, I think so. Do you think it's time to end it? Some brave soul needs to step forward and say, let's get rid of this daylight savings time. And then have to deal with all the people who don't really care still complaining anyways. Right. As... Uh, now, I will say, I, I think there are far more important things sure. for, you know, Congress and things to, to deal with. But this is something that maybe at least they could agree on. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. I don't know. Maybe they can agree on this. If you can't agree on this, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Okay, Josh. So for our pregame this week, uh, it is spring break. For us, at least this coming week. So tomorrow I will be at work, but it'll be spring break. There'll be no students for the most part. So Josh, for you, favorite spring break memories, whether they were as a child, as an adult, whether they were fun, responsible things or fun, irresponsible things, whatever they might be, Josh, spring break, favorite memories. I don't have any. I haven't done anything for spring break in my entire life. Never had spring break in grade school and didn't participate in spring break in college. So I've, I literally have no spring break memories because I didn't have any. <laughs> but you didn't like be like, okay, I'm going to marathon this video game or anything like no, that. No, because we don't have spring break in grade school, like through high school. So why don't you guys have spring break? We have February vacation. So we don't, we so, don't have time off in March. Work with me here, Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that your favorite President's Week vacation oh, well, memories? <laughs> then I could name, I could also do April vacation also. Like, there's like. You guys get April vacation? Yeah. yeah. Why do you get April vacation? A, is it just Easter vacation, but they call it April yeah, vacation? Yeah, I mean, it starts on that, like, Easter Sunday through. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I can't. When we were kids, we would do. Uh, trips but uh, like to disney every like once every eight years or something like that okay um yeah but it was usually in may um, okay but i no we've never been one people to take trips on vacation weeks uh because everything's too busy so we would be the Hi. people who would take trips when school's in session <laughs> which is reasonable yeah. that's when uh like at work this week, I'm the only person who will be, like in my office, I'm the only person who will be there all week because everyone else is taking vacation, either some or part of the time. Uh, and I, on the other hand, like to take my vacation when like school is in session because otherwise I'm like, if everyone's gone, yeah. it's not really that a vacation from anything, right? Like this is the time to go in, get a whole bunch of work done. Nobody's there to bother you. It's great. Yeah. So then when everyone comes back and it's busy, that's when you take vacation because then it's actually a vacation. Yeah. So what about you? What are your spring gotcha. break memories? Well, okay. So when you were a child mm. then in, let's say high school, 
and there was like you know at that time mtv spring break was like a thing were you just like super jealous or did you just not understand the concept like how did that work i understood the concept it looked horrible it looked like (laughs) the last place in the world i would ever want to be yeah um i can understand that yeah i mean i can make bad decisions on a regular basis i don't need to fly to florida to make bad decisions uh And potentially kill myself on accident or or someone else. Like I never in, uh, really enjoyed that aspect of vacations. Like a vacation is supposed to not be stressful and relaxing in my head, um, and none of that seems uh, stress free. <laughs> it all seems just to be too much maybe it makes me like a young old person or pre-prude i don't know <laughs> you just you have an old soul josh that's okay i had a couple st- i've uh, I've run into many many a student who like what do you do for spring break and they're like well you know i'm probably just gonna go home i have this book i've been really meaning to read that i'm probably gonna sit <laughs> well, down I'm and read that <laughs> um that's not boring they're excited about that that's there's nothing wrong with that but just you know they're so satisfied by things that are maybe uh, that they don't quite need as much excitement to be to be satisfied and have a good time, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Spring break was always a staple, and it's living where I do now. I'm running into more and more students who didn't have spring break. I always thought it was just like you know, as you're a kid growing up, I just assumed everyone had spring break because we always had spring yeah. break. So I assumed everyone did, you know. So as my things have expanded and I've gotten to know more people. I'm kind of shocked at the number of places that don't have spring break, even though the concept of it seems so ubiquitous. It's actually kind of a lot of places that don't do it, which is kind of amazing then with how like common it is and how thematic it is for movies and television and all these stuff to have this thing that a lot of people actually never do. Yeah. So um, I didn't do it like in, in like high school, all that elementary school. Like we never really did anything for spring break. Uh, we didn't go on trips. We didn't really do anything. In college, um, uh, me and friends would go to Colorado to go skiing because um, it was, you know, getting towards the end of ski season typically yeah. at that point. Um, but, like, that was about it. Like, we didn't go anywhere warm. We didn't do anything totally ridiculous. Uh, we just went and skied, which was fun. I mean, it was a good time. But uh, I guess potentially dangerous. Like, we could have gotten hurt, I suppose. Oh, yeah. But, like, <laughs> not in the same way probably that you're implying. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. It was pretty, you know. I was a pretty, uh, I was adventurous, but adventurous in the sense of like, let's go do this like back bowl skiing or let's go do this like rock climbing thing. Not in, in other ways was I was adventurous when I was in college. So yeah, the, the typical, the stereotypical spring break never really appealed to me, but I will tell you, talk to a lot of people who are doing a pretty traditional spring break this summer, this year though. So, uh, be safe, everyone. If if you're out there and you're in participating, be safe. It's important. New COVID surge. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. My county and the surrounding area is actually like the lowest it's ever been for COVID, pretty much since COVID Same started. Here. Same here. They so just took hopefully masks out that trend, for schools here. Yeah. So hopefully that trend continues, and I think we might actually be at a point. Knock on wood. Not that I'm a medical expert, and this isn't medical advice. But from what I've been reading, seems like we might be at a point, as long as there's not another ridiculous variant, which is totally possible, um, we might be okay. We'll have to wait and see, obviously. But yeah. 
Yeah. Well, here's to hoping. That's for sure. Because right. I noticed that uh, China just did another lockdown, um, but it's for Omicron. So, okay. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> look at us being ahead for once. Right. <laughs> Not the best for way, now. but like, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Uh, okay, Josh. I will say, though, that pretty excited, pretty stoked because since today is, you know, getting ready for the for the warmth uh and getting ready for spring and actually this week since it is spring break uh our weather is actually gorgeous where i am i'm really surprised uh so the next week is going to be cleaning up after dogs after they go run outside the muddiness and come inside and bring all the muddiness inside with them darn it yeah but josh i'm pretty stoked took all my christmas decorations down from the other side of the house just now (laughs) today yeah well dude it's been too cold and too much snow that's fair how can i take them down yeah, so now today there's you know enough snow has melted and it was warm enough and not windy enough. It was pretty warm like a week ago. Yeah, that I could have done it, but it was really windy. So I was like, well, I don't really want to go clambering up on this ladder outside when it's super super windy out. So Christmas decorations down and not even close to the last person in the neighborhood to take them down. So I'm pretty stoked. I feel like I'm a good neighbor, so I was pretty excited about it. So awesome. Anything else you want to talk about before we actually get to the show proper, Josh? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm boring and didn't do spring break. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's I, you know, you had other activities like April break and president's break. So you got two breaks. I only got one. Well, that's not true. We always got time off around uh, Easter, but anytime they could line Easter and spring break up, I feel like the school is like jackpot. Oh, you know, sure. For yeah. Those few times that like <laughs> Easter's like super like in late March, yeah, very early. They're like this is happening. So. All right. But with that, thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Uh, as always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff on the Instagram. Also, Board with VG. We are proud to be part of the Place of Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts. Stay up to date. We are also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversation, conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast Archive, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, Josh, we're going to get to what we've been playing, mm. but I feel like it probably hasn't changed all that much. So, Josh, what have you been playing, sir? Well, uh, what did keep me up so late last night was... Uh, two very long Gloomhaven sessions. Uh, escort missions in Gloomhaven. Both were escort missions. <laughs> so it is good to know that apparently the hate in video games for escort missions does carry over to board games as well. Yeah, we were pretty much dreading it the second it was read, but actually it turned out to be fun because it was a change in like the typical scenarios that we were seeing. So mm-hmm. actually, it it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was stressful for sure because uh, the part the the beauty of this escort mission is um, this person moved every turn regardless. They would just move um, towards I mean, did enemies. They go towards where they. Oh, I was like, did they go towards where they needed to? Or yes, and the, so. <clears throat> This person who we named Steve, uh, he would just run. He would just move three spaces every turn and he would open doors. And when the door is opened, it reveals more monsters. 
typically okay. clear a room before we go into another room. Not Steve. Steve was like, I'm going to the shaman who is in the last room on the map. So I'm going to open all the doors. <laughs> so that, and you know, if we're not with him, the bad guys will attack him first because he'll be in range. So it was a little strange. Right. Um, I did ask Joe, uh, who's, who's our map keeper to answer your question about how close we were to finishing the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and to all of our surprises, if we continue on the main quests, uh, three scenarios until we finish Gloomhaven. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang. I wasn't expecting Not, that low none of us for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we have a lot more. We have a bunch of side quests. Uh, actually, I don't even know that we have a ton. Um, because sometimes, depending on your choice, like how you complete a scenario... It will some it will sometimes unlock scenarios, but also it will sometimes block off permanently other scenarios. Oh, okay. Like if you chose not to help this person, then any of their future quests will not be available to you. Um, so, so yeah, we'll be actually probably be able to finish this before Frosthaven comes out. That's exciting. Just surprising to all of us. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we both won both of our scenarios last night. We did play very late. Uh, I think we all collectively, or at least two of us out of the three of us, forgot for a minute about daylight savings time until about 1 (laughs) a.m. So yeah, um, and yeah, I'm continuing uh with Horizon Forbidden West. I've got um, not a lot of time in this week. I wanted to get more time in, but I had to watch a movie for Dollar Cinema coming up and uh, watch some shows as well. So I, I didn't get as much gameplay time. Uh, but I am just really enjoying this game so much and there's so much more story. Uh, it almost runs the risk of me getting lost in the story sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I do know, at least I know 100% where I am in the main story. But right. a lot of the side quests I'm doing, um, I'm still enjoying them. And I do find the stories interesting, but I'm not even, I know that they're tied to the bigger picture, but I'm not necessarily connecting the dots while I'm doing them. Uh, but right. I just kind of know based off of, or assume, based off of how Horizon Zero Dawn worked is... Uh, at least in Horizon Zero Dawn, if you completed side missions for characters or tribes, they would aid you later in the game. So I'm at least hoping that that's the case in this. In this, uh, but I'm still interested enough that that I want to be completing them because they're interesting and challenging, um, right? And usually uh, lead to a new type of puzzle or a new type of bad guy. Um, so it's always been um, enjoyable, but there's so much. There's so much dialogue. You can yeah. keep checking in with your people when you like find new things. Um, it's, I don't think it's a spoiler. It's a light spoiler, but you do eventually un- uh, unlock a base, like a base of operations where you can go check in with, like very Mass Effect-y. Um, 
like going back to the Normandy and talking to people, it's very similar to that. Um, right. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil anything because things are still happening that are what I would consider spoilers, but uh, I'm having a lot of fun. How about you? Those are my two games, Kyle. That's what I've been playing. Yeah, I mean, so I'll continue on with, you know, playing more Horizon Forbidden West. I'm in the low 40 hours now of um, how many hours I've played. Uh, again, just like you, this week was, work was really busy this week, so I didn't get anywhere near as much time this week as I was hoping. Um, have you been to, this is, I mean, I guess this is spoilerish. I don't think it's that spoilerish. Have you been to Scalding Spear? To what? The town. The city, the town, Scalding Spear? No. I don't think so. Okay. Am I, am I saying the right name? Let me double check to make sure I'm not. I think that's right. Okay. Maybe I just haven't run into it yet. Yeah, no. It, okay, Scalding, it Scalding Spear? Spear? Yeah. I don't think so. Have I? Maybe okay. I have. What's the last hound thing I did? Um... I'm doing some a bunch of stuff for the Tanakh right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to go to where the sunbirds are um, to rescue. Oh, and then what happened? A place got flooded. Oh, okay. I've done that. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I just kind of wrapped up the flooded area. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, I did that too. Um, so after I did that, so yeah, then you because I think you get that. Mm, do you get that at Scalding Spear? Oh boy. I haven't gotten any I got a new spear. An upgraded spear. So it's blue. Yeah, no. The spear is blue. So have you done the quest where there are two people fighting for power and you have to pick a side? Yeah, but I did that early. Okay. So I didn't want really to pick a side. They made me pick a side. I didn't want to either, but they make you, yeah. So this is what's really interesting, because you know how you had talked about you had to, you had the mission where you ended up having to fight a Thunderjaw? Yeah. And I like early in the game, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I saw a Thunderjaw, but I didn't have to blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. I finally, probably five hours ago, seven hours ago, you did that I finally got that mission that you were referring to. <laughs> because I had gone a different yes. route. Yep. To go to the first place yeah. um, for the first like sub function, like I went a totally different route. Yeah, I didn't even so realize you could do that and go different to go to different sub functions. Well, I th- I don't like I don't know which one you went to first, um, but like I was like far on the north side of the map and went all the way that way. Yeah. So like I didn't come out of the base and just head a- and start heading west. Like I was way north and like kind of worked my way to like to the southwest. So like I didn't get that mission until much later. But anyway, in Scalding Spirit, eventually you get a mission when you stop back there um, where you have to go find a lost child. Dude, I I was like, okay, I feel like I know what's going to happen. But then another thing happened during it, and I was not prepared, huh. and I died real bad. And I was like, oh, gosh, I this was not what I was anticipating. But it was just like this super simple mission of like, hey, this kid's lost. And you're like, oh, I think they're going to be around here. So you go look for him. And then a thing happens, and another thing happens, and then suddenly big things are happening, and you're like, "Oh goodness gracious, this is ridiculous." So, I did. Um, yeah. What did I do and, first? Aether. 
yeah i think that's the one i did where you go talk to where you go to the, you get the master the uh oh what the heck's the thing called the mob of the arena yeah yes that's the first one i did too but how i got there it was, was clearly very different than how you got there because i just finished the one for poseidon okay i'm excited to be able to do that but i know that i can't do that yet I'm assuming that's where you get the breather, the underwater breather. It is, okay. yes. I haven't gotten that yet. So I just got that, yeah. So, yeah, that one was that one was pretty cool. That was fun, and the people that you meet along for that one are great. It's a lot of fun. Nice. I like those characters. So, uh, yeah. So it is good. I, I'm still obviously really enjoying my time with it. Uh, I will say, um, I do have a nit to pick with the game now. A pretty massive one, actually. Oh. So when you get the breather, which obviously has been in the trailers and things like that, so I don't think that's yeah, a spoiler. That's a spoiler. Uh, I am very, very annoyed at your lack of ability to do any combat underwater. <laughs> sure. Very annoyed sure. by it. And in general, I don't like swimming in games. I still don't really like swimming in this game. They do it well. Yeah. Like they do swimming very well. I just, I really don't like when you have like really fluid movement and then it just gets slowed down to like molasses. Like, I just don't like that in a game. And that's one of my biggest problems with swimming in games in general. Is you're like, hey, we have this cool movement thing, but now you have to do it real slow. And that's just not fun to me, at least. So, yeah. So, swimming in games, it's never fun. Nobody likes swimming in games, and they should totally not have so much swimming. I just, I don't know. Josh, do you ever like swimming in games? No, I usually don't like swimming in games. Yeah. I just, I don't, ugh, not a fan of it. And like I said, they do it well, I think, in this game, as well as something can be done. I still don't am not a huge fan yeah. of it though. So but yeah, so that's Horizon. Still working my way through it. Um I was getting really distracted. I was doing like everything but the main quests. So I decided to, you know, maybe go do a couple more main quests here and see. Because there's still some things that I can't do that I want to be able to do, and I assume I have to progress the main quest for that to happen. Right. Namely those pesky metal flowers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll see, but now I can breathe underwater. So that's cool. Um, and then the other thing I've just been playing is I've been playing more Arc Nova, uh, on the tabletop. So, you know, Josh, let me ask you a question here. If you're playing a board game yes, and let's say this board game is two to three hours long, would you, if you, let's say you are going, you lose, like there's just, you're going to lose the game. Would you rather lose by like a whole bunch of points? Or one point. Josh, what would you rather have happen? Oh, nowhere in between. I have to pick one or the other. <laughs> yes, one or the other. Uh, you know, I think I'd rather lose by one point. I think it just shows a more competitive game. Uh, or at least you don't. You can feel like you did good, not just like you got crushed. Yeah. So for Arc Nova, the first time we played, I got absolutely destroyed. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah. Like I had a negative score. Like it was bad. It was real bad, right? I have progressively gotten better at, at Arc Nova. I still cannot beat my partner. <laughs> and now, though, it's kind of getting annoying because when I lose, I literally lose by one to three points like every single game. Yeah. And it's just like, goodness gracious, how is it like, oh, it's so frustrating sometimes. And I'm like, OK, I want to try this different thing, and th which is a cool testament to the game yeah. of like looking at your cards, figuring out what you want to do and like doing I've done completely different things every game as far as like the direction I've gone and kind of how I've tried to win. And my partner is doing completely different things for me most of the games. And yet the games were within a couple points of each other every single time. 
after I except I could said the first game when we were both learning, um, which we both cheated a whole bunch in that game because uh, you know it you're happens. learning the rules and yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah, unintentional. Uh, but cheating. since we were, yeah, hundred percent, where we're like, oh shoot, I did this thing I didn't know I could. Like, <laughs> there's a part where you have like these like workers, and you start with one, and there's like three more you can unlock. Well, <laughs> she, <laughs> Erica was taking her workers from the unlock area, and I'm like. Like, we were, like, super far into it. I was really focused on what I was doing. So, suddenly, I'm like, wait a second. How do you have three workers out there? And she's like, well, aren't they? I'm like, no, you only you, the one out there. Like, that's your one. Like, you have to unlock those other three. She's like, oh, I thought I started with three. <laughs> just could get a fourth. I'm like, no, completely opposite. So, that's why I blame her for winning that one, first one so bad. Because right. she was cheating big time on accident. But, like, yeah, when we, now that we really know what we're doing, oh, the games are so competitive and so close. And you just really feel like you're in it the whole time. So it's just not that I would want to rather just get my butt kicked. Cause it's nice to know that like, you're still in it, um, that you're still really have to be thoughtful about your decisions, but man, is it heartbreaking every single time? I'm like, Oh gosh, this might be the time. <laughs> nope. Lost again. Dang it. Every time, maybe one of these days I'll win, but uh, I just really love this game. Josh. It's so good. Nice. Um, I'm really impressed between, you know, sleeping gods and now this, like um, even like parks that I played recently, there's been a lot of games that I've been playing on the tabletop that, uh, our competition for like my top 10 games of all time like wow. really really good stuff uh recently so if you're thinking about getting into board games like whew, now is a great time um obviously you know sleeping gods and arc nova probably pretty heavy but park's super easy to get into um man such good stuff such good stuff we'll see maybe we'll play something else in the next week since it is spring break um still have familiar tales to get to the table yeah. that is staring at us every time we sit down <laughs> to play arc nova again um, but we'll see what happens there. So awesome. So that will move on to our topics of the show. Josh, what is your first topic this week? Well, more we get more villainous. Not only do we have more villainous, we had a new villainous expansion come out today. That's the Disney's uh the new Disney one, which is the uh mostly Pixar themed villains. Uh but we also have had the announcement, which I guess it's based off of the licensing. This only makes sense to be the next villainous. Uh, Star Wars villainous has been announced, um, which I think is pretty darn cool. It's called Star Wars villainous power of the dark side, <clears throat> and it is joining the villainous family. Again, it's, you know, two to four players, about 50 minutes for playtime. Uh, and what you're going to get, these are your starting villains. You get Darth Vader, Kylo Ren. Uh, and then we get a little bit, some some changes here. We have <clears throat> General Grievous, which I guess wouldn't be too surprising. Um, we have Asajj Ventress, which is from the Clone Wars show, which I think I only know because of... Star Wars game that came out. I think she was in there, right? Oh, yeah. Cal Kestis. Yeah. Um, and Moff Gideon from The Mandalorian. Uh, so people were surprised we didn't see um, the Emperor, but obviously this is the first in their rollout of Star Wars games. Uh, but that being said... Uh, like in the previous games, this is coming from Dicebreaker Reporting, Dicebreaker.com. Uh, like in previous villainous games, each villain will have a different objective, 
Uh, so in the case of Darth Vader, the player will need to defeat Luke Skywalker, while Moff Gideon must try and capture Baby Yoda. Uh, meanwhile, Asajj Ventress must fulfill random contracts, and Grievous is looking to add to his collection of lightsabers from defeated Jedi. Uh, the standalone game uh, is not compatible with other villainous installments, so that's, I guess, they kind of like implied you could do the Disney and Marvel ones together, but I don't know that I would ever want to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they're going to change the gameplay enough in this one where it just wouldn't be compatible with the other two, which is fine by me. Um, while the gameplay will be familiar to people who play Disney uh, and Marvel, um, there will be subtle differences, uh, which I think they'll get into at some point. But uh it does introduce several new gameplay elements. Players can use their villain's ambition to use the Force and other unique abilities. Ambition can also be used to summon vehicles, which is the game's biggest addition to the series, like there's X-Wings and TIE Fighters and Millennium Falcon, um, which can be engaged in combat with each other, as well as providing other options for players on their turns. So where Disney's the Marvel uh, villainous added like locations to change it up this is adding vehicles um and the bad guys will be represented by new plastic miniatures which you know they're just a little bit of update from the other two and it's coming out in august so it's not too far away but are you excited for this where's your i don't even know where's your star wars fandom what level is it for you is it way up there do you have no affiliation to Star Wars fandom? Where where are you at? I am uh, a casual at best Star Wars fan. Um, I've seen all of the. Well, actually, I take that back. I've not seen all of the movies. I was going to say I've Whoa. seen all of the movies, but I actually haven't because uh, I never saw the last one. Oh. I never saw episode nine. Um, you know, I here's the thing. I like okay. Oh boy, here we Careful go. How I'm you trying to be as words. courteous and nice and thoughtful <laughs> about this as I can. I think Star Wars is cool. I think the fandom around Star Wars, I is a huge turnoff yeah. to me. So if, I, I mm, it's hard for me to want to engage in a property where if I have an opinion, if it's not doesn't fit the mainstream fan opinion, that suddenly is like wrong. Yeah, like I, I'm just not. I struggle with that. And obviously there are people who love star Wars that are super courteous, kind and generous about those things. Uh, but when, you know, you exist on the internet, a lot of people aren't that way. Um, so yeah, I, I think I have gotten less interested in star Wars as time went on. I had, I watched like the first season of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was as good as everyone else did. Uh, and I think at that point I realized that like, well, maybe I'm just not a huge star Wars person. Sure. So which I'm fine with, and you know, like I as as is to to show my uh, controversial opinion. Um, I like I really like Episode Eight. Like I think Ryan Johnson's Star Wars is really good. Yeah. Um, and I think that in and of itself probably tells you the level of fandom I have for Star Wars. I don't, so. You're not alone. A lot of that. A lot of people. That's their favorite Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite. I really like it though. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, and like this, we don't have 
like obviously yes i know the casino like yeah that wasn't great but overall like i thought it was a it was an enjoyable movie to sit down and see in the theater like it was a good time i didn't so. love eight but also star wars is a kid's movie it was made as kids movies and there's just you're right if there's a problem with this toxic culture that thinks that everything has to be for them so yeah. when they complain about things in episode eight being too comical or cartoony i'm like this is a movie for children <laughs> still even though you're 30 40 whatever and right. you grew up with star wars like that doesn't mean that every star wars has to be for you when it comes out yeah and i i have to be you know i try to be thoughtful because I, I think we have talked like you know both of like the dark souls community who can be very nice let me just say the dark souls community can be very yeah. nice uh, i actually have really gotten to watching uh dark souls especially like sekiro like speed runs because yeah. i think it's fascinating um that people can beat that game in like under 20 minutes uh so i, th- I think there are some really like cool very awesome things that go on there um and some cheeky things but just the uh guardianship of like how strongly they 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 feel for something which is good like being excited about something that's awesome yeah. but like having it be like it can only be this way um is i think where things get a little i don't want i it, it makes it harder or less desirable than to enter it you know and yeah. I, I don't really have this is probably i don't know that i have something that i really feel that strongly about compared to like when i think of people who are really into marvel star wars dark souls type of like i just not i'm not that excited about like any thing that i could think of which maybe that's bad no know. it's not bad that's okay i get it. i get exactly what you're saying i think like the most the from a gaming perspective like the game i'm probably most passionate about is probably overwatch yes that's the, it comes to no surprise to anyone listening to this show <laughs> i know like hey beta for overwatch 2 it's finally coming yeah. end of april let's go that's so exciting but josh what about so yeah so villainous like we've talked about this game a ton obviously with disney villainous it's just not a game that really ever makes it to our table anymore um have never jumped in on the marvel version have no plans to jump in on this one what about you josh is this something you're going to pick up is this something you feel is needed since you already have like disney and marvel villainous do you need star wars villainous as well yeah i'm very excited for it uh (laughs) do you need this yes i do i do i do Uh, i really like villainous as the main like catalyst for all these spinoffs i really think it's a solid game it's it's relatively easy to learn and relatively easy to teach it's not quite a gateway game it's like next mid-tier um and obviously that changes with more players i still think four players is pushing it uh for time with these games right so going higher than that is uh could be rough but um i really enjoy the games and this and you know, the more characters they add and the more different styles they add, the more replayability these games have. And um, I'm just really happy with it. So I will definitely be adding it to the Villainous collection. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why I like Unmatched so much as well, because very similar, obviously different gameplay, but very similar idea as far as that goes. And And I'm very excited because my Marvel Knights Unmatched set comes this week with Moon Knight, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and I'm forgetting the fourth character, but that should be coming this week as well. So that's awesome. Um, so you know, since you'll have in August, you'll have your Star Wars villainous, your Marvel villainous, your Disney villainous. Yes. 
Well, which one you play, like, be determined on by who you're playing with? Yeah, I mean, it'll be probably determined on who's playing and which one they prefer to play. Obviously, the Disney one, I have way more choices for characters. At that point, I'll have, like, 16 separate characters to choose from. Right. Um, uh, And I haven't even played with my Marvel Villainous expansion yet, which I'm excited to play. I was just talking to my friends who did get that to the table recently and they really enjoyed the expansion so i'm looking forward to playing that as well um, i will say we staying on the, the board game train we had been talking about in the discord about how um more games are going to game found you know yes. and that we're seeing more games going that way and kind of a leaving kickstarter behind and one of the games that is going to game found is the next sleeping gods game. And I had, you know, we've been talking about how I'm trying to like cut back on the number of games that I'm getting and all that good stuff. And I happened to mention her offhandedly. I'm like, Oh, they're making a sequel to sleeping gods. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I was going to Kickstarter. I'm like, no, I was actually going to this other, you know, format called game found, you know, and I kind of explained what was going on with, with Kickstarter. She's like, Oh, well, you're backing it, right? I'm like, well, I guess so then. Yeah, I guess I am. She was like, well, how much? I guess I should ask how much it is. I'm like, I have no idea. She's like, well, okay. I guess we're probably going to get the end up getting that. So that's nice. cool. So I guess I'm going to get that game at least. So whenever that happens. But yeah, I, I do wish I was more excited about these other villainous games. It just, hmm. yeah, I don't know. There's plenty of other games to play. There's no need to. There are plenty of other games to play. That. that is for sure. So. All right, Josh. So my first topic this week is we're going to talk about the big sellers for board games and card games for the fall of 2021. Mm. So as we typically go through this, Josh, courtesy of the folks over at ICV2, I'm going to ask you, Josh, what you think the big sellers of the fall were, and then I will reveal what the big sellers of the fall were. Um, We're just going to do two different categories. Um, We're just going to do um, uh, card and dice games, and we're going to do board games. Okay. but because we're not going to do collectible games or RPGs or anything like that, because that's just two collectible games. Wow, Pokemon Magic. All right, c- congratulations. You know, like we know that. Um, so we'll just focus on card and dice games and the hobby board games. But to start with, we'll start in card and dice games. Mm. Josh, these are sales from September to December of 2021. Yeah. Um, and these, of course, are based off of interviews with retailers, distributors, and manufacturers. So it is like. Not quite as, you know, rock solid as maybe the NPD numbers that we get for video games, but still, I think, a pretty good um, reflection. Again, this is Hobby Channel, so looking kind of at those friendly local game stores. Josh, what do you think? Games in the top 10 card and dice games, what do you think might be on there? Does card games include TCGs? Card games does not include TCGs. Those are all in in a separate um, collectible games. Okay category that we're that we're not going to do so these are going to tend to be smaller tuck box games for the most part well listeners i think josh jinxed it i'm not going to totally blame josh (laughs) i did jinx it for sure (laughs) the technical problems tonight have been extreme so if the podcast suddenly sounds very different well we're totally recording in a different fact deal with it but but we're going to get it done that's the thing so back on track josh we were talking about uh the top 10 card and dice games in the hobby channel uh again some of these might be board game stylized but Hmm. the vast majority of the gameplay comes or all the gameplay comes through playing cards most of these are games i'm familiar with a couple though uh i kind of know loosely but don't necessarily know uh one i had never heard of but i kind of 
I'm not surprised that this exists and this is a thing. So, Josh, what okay. do you think some of the top 10 hobby channel card and dice games are? I feel like I'm going to have such a hard time with this because uh, I, I don't know. We're constantly playing games that are years old, that are new to us. Right. So I don't know like if everyone's feeling that way or not. Um I'm gonna is the crew on there? Because I feel like that's like the big game, the crew, the quest for planet nine, I think it is, or whatever yeah, it's called. It, that is a great guess, Josh, and honestly something I would have guessed as well. Uh it is not on there. Okay. Interesting. Uh how about is Lost Ruins of Arnak? That's a, pro- a proper board game, right? That's not a card game. I I would say that if that is going to show up, I assume that would be on the the board game. Uh, and dice games, huh? Yep. Card so and dice games. Card and dice. Woof. Um. Uh. <laughs> Century Spice Road. Uh. Catan. Carcasson. <laughs> like again. I get no clue. <laughs> okay, well, let's go through these then, Josh, and yeah. we'll see where your level of surprise is. Uh, some of these, it is interesting because I think some of these, I feel like could go into the top collectible collectible games, but I, I guess they are like standalone deck building games, so I guess that makes sense. But number 10, then, as a hint to that, the G.I. Joe deck building game from Renegade. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. The number nine is Arkham Horror LCG from Fantasy. Oh, Flight. and I was going to guess that, but I thought that was considered under TCG, but you're right. It's not a TCG. Right, because you get out all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, at number eight, which is funny that it's at number eight, is 10. 10. What is the that? The game 10. I, I have heard of this game. I don't know much okay. about it, though. Okay. So uh, at number seven, again, uh, number funny that this game is at number seven. Uh, Uno is number seven. Whoa, that 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 is on a top anything list. I don't hate Uno, but I'm just surprised. Yeah, that it would show up. I hear you there. Uh, number six is the Transformers deck building game okay. from Renegade Game Studios. Yeah. Uh, number five, Red Dragon Inn from Slugfest Games. Does that mean the Power Rangers deck building game is going to be on there too? It is not on. Whoa, there. Power Rangers taking the hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four is Coup from Indie Boards and Cards. Okay. Wow. Still on the. Wow. Still okay. on there. Number three is Exit. Okay. I'm just in general. It's the whole Exit series. Yeah. yeah I'm guessing. Uh, number two is a game uh, I think that you really enjoy uh, Marvel Champions. I haven't played it. I enjoy buying the sets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a part of it. That's a part of it. Uh, and number one, uh, when you hear it, probably no surprise. Number one is Code Names. You know, I must just. Maybe the technical issues are fogging up my brain. I I should have been able to guess at least four of those. I just, for some reason, was drawing a blank. Well, it is hard when you think about games because when we get to the top ten hobby board games, yeah, like the or some of these, like the way you interact with the game though is playing cards, right? So that's right, that's really, weird. You know, so that's where like. Yeah, those ones that were the card dice games, like maybe there isn't a board typically for most of those. There's no actual board, right? Yeah, yeah. Where for all of these, there is a board, but sometimes you're playing cards onto the board. So then it's like, well, how is that still not a card game? You know, right. like, 
But anyway, neither here nor there. So that's your top 10 uh, card and dice games uh, that were sold between September and December 2021. Okay. Uh, let's now talk a little bit about those board games, Josh, in the Hobby Channel. Again, a list of 10. Uh, most of these are games we have talked about in some way, shape, or form. Actually, I think all of these are games that have definitely been at least mentioned on this podcast. Okay. All right. um, many of them are games we have played. Sure. So what do you think might show up in the top 10 games sold September to December for board games? Well, I'm going to start with one that I, I'm questionable about because I know we had the new release of Seven Wonders. So is Seven Wonders on that list? It is not on that list. Okay. But I, I thought, think that's a very good pick. I thought that could fit in there with the new edition. Ah, Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven is on there at number four. Is Lost Runes of Arnak on there? It is number 10. Okay. Is Terraforming Mars on there? It is not. Okay. Uh, Wingspan? Wingspan is number one, Josh. Whoa, nice pick. Good job, nice Wingspan. Uh, okay. Um, is Century Gollum Edition on there? It is not. Okay, I didn't think it would be. Uh, oh, boy. I'm just kind of throwing random ones out there. Um, Splendor? Nope. Dominion? Ascension? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to go through them? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So number 10, you na- nailed it. Last Rooms of Arnak from Czech Games Edition or CGE is yeah. the number 10 game. Uh, number nine is a game that I played recently and really enjoy. Parks from Keymaster oh, Games okay. is at number nine. Uh, number eight is a classic game that we talk about pretty regularly on this podcast. That's Ticket to Ride from Days mm. of Wonder. Number seven, another classic that is, I think, getting a price increase here soon, if I recall reading recently or just got one, one of the two. Uh, Catan. From it did get a price increase, yeah. yes. Uh, number six uh, is a game that I have but have not played yet, but I'm interested to, and that is Oath from Leader Games. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and number five is another Leader Games game that people really love, and that is Root. Root. Uh, we already talked about Gloomhaven at number four. Uh, number three, uh, a big game from Direwolf Digital that people love, and that is Dune Imperium. Okay. And then number two, because we already know what number one is Wingspan. So number two, uh, Descent from Fantasy Flight Oh, Games wow. Oh, yeah. Two. They just put out that giant yeah, collective fancy. Uh, giant edition or whatever. Yeah. So there you go. Those are the top 10 hobby board games for Fall of 2021. Anything that surprised you, Josh, from that list? Yeah. I mean, Descent is a surprise because I just forget that they put a new edition out and it's so old. Yeah. That I just, it is surprising. It's surprising that Seven Wonders isn't on there. Uh, but maybe it's like losing its like is clout the right word I want to use? It's losing its like notoriety, maybe. Well, and another game though that's not on there that you might anticipate since Ticket to Ride a Katana, but Pandemic's not on there either. Yeah, well, maybe people don't want to play Pandemic in a pandemic. I mean, I guess valid. That's valid. <laughs> that's valid. So yeah, Wingspan though still still plucking away there. Good um, job, Wingspan. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that Leader Games has two games on the list. Yeah. They are actually the only company with more than one game on the list. Every other game comes from... Um, now, well, that's partially true because Asmodee has, <laughs> is there, but so, so is Fantasy Flight. Sure. Um, which are technically still owned by Asmodee. But yeah, really surprised though. Leader Games, number five and number six. So there we go. Very cool. So, well, obviously, every quarter or so, we like to kind of do these and see where things are going on in the hobby. Um, I will be very interested to see if um, Ark Nova 
or anything else is able to crack in kind of like Dune Imperium did in the fall when that, that came out. I'm going to be interested to see if there's anything that's going to crack in this spring. Hmm. Uh, but there we go. The big board games of fall 2021. So Josh, with that, what is your second topic this week? Well, that video game that's coming out that is based off of a DLC of a previous video game as now has DLC coming out for it as well. Well, of course it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a box, and inside that box is four more boxes, uh, and half of a box that goes to a different box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Gearbox has revealed Tiny Tina's Wonderland's uh, DLC and Fortnite crossover. Uh, so they announced, this is from Eurogamer, they announced that... Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is going to get four DLC packs, which will be included as part of the season pass. Uh, you have Journey to the Outskirts of Brighthoof in Dreamvale Overlook, which uh, uh, where you meet the fortune teller Vesper. Uh, there you'll be introduced to the Mirrors of Mystery, where you will encounter five new levels and a boss encounter with each content drop. So each time you defeat the final boss, you'll learn Last Souls that let you spin Vesper's Wheel of Fate for a chance to win legendary class weapons, gear, and other items. So really, they just found a new way to rename Golden Keys and make yeah. you do more things for them. Yep. Uh, after the launch of the content drop, a more powerful version of the final boss becomes available each week. And if you defeat it, you'll unlock the next hardest level until you finally reach its final form. The harder the fighter, the better the loot. Uh, also, completing a content drop will also add its respective levels and boss to the pool of possibilities in the Chaos Chamber, which I'm sure will make sense when we play the game. Yes. Uh, the endlessly replayable endgame of Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Rounding out the season pass is the Butt Stallion Pack, featuring cosmetic items, including the Diamond Guard Armor Presets is three items uh the crystal glitter makeup pack which is five items in the adamant throne banner set which is two items as well as the diamond hero stature material and finally players who pre-order the game for the epic game store can get their hands on the diamond pony glider in Fortnite. what a great half crossover thing that they did there <laughs> heck yeah uh does this did okay so maybe my expectations were in the wrong place for this game did you see this game coming having dlc packs as well i just kind of assumed this was going to be a one-shot 20-hour standalone borderlands adventure oh i assume that this was a and maybe i'm on the wrong side of it uh, i assumed that this is not maybe as long as a typical Borderlands game, but I yeah. anticipated that this was like a standalone like Borderlands universe game that sure. it was going to be robust and have lots of stuff and all the things. Uh, so the fact that it's DLC is not of surprise to me. In fact, Josh, the order I, the version I ordered for us includes the DLC. Nice, <laughs> so, great the season pass. So yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. I- I'm excited um, for it. I don't know how much of the like endless boss loop i'm going to take part in but i'm really excited yeah. for the the base game because i really enjoyed tiny tina's assault on dungeon keep in borderlands 2 so um 
I'm excited to play this game. And hopefully we can somehow figure a way to play together, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and so, they did announce today it is full crossplay. They yep, finally got cross Sony play. on board. <laughs> yeah, it is full crossplay between all platforms at release. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means they did say that uh, crossplay for Borderlands 3 was inevitable, is what sure. they said. So, you know, if you want to play crossplay on that game three years later. But um, <laughs> I think three years, two years, I don't really remember. But anyway, uh, so Josh, what is the goal for you? Because this game comes out the end of March. Yeah. What do you want to have done, accomplished, taken care of from a gaming perspective prior to Tiny Tina's Wonderlands coming out? Well, if I miraculously find myself with lots of time to play Forbidden West, <laughs> uh, ideally right now, my lineup is Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Gran Turismo 7. Um, this, I can make Gran Turismo 7 work concurrently yep. with other games, but right now I, I just, I don't. I want to keep playing Horizon. I don't want to start playing Gran Turismo and then find I want to keep playing it more. Right. Um, and which is another reason why I haven't started Elden, Gr- Elden Ring. I expect I'll play Elden Ring and not like it, which will be fine. Um, but on the <laughs> off chance it hooks me like it's hooking a lot of people, I, I want to make sure I have the time to do that. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, you know, in the Borderlands tradition, it's a very... I feel like... If it sticks to the formula that I know, it's very easy pick up and play whenever you want kind of thing. You're not necessarily getting lost in story in these games. While there definitely is story, really it's always about the combat um, and the gameplay. So I can see myself like uh, concurrently playing Wonderland with something else, assuming like I want at least the main story done in, for- in Forbidden West. But at the rate I'm doing all the side quests, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm spending a lot of time doing side quests. So I feel like I'll be f- completing the game around the same time the side quests are done. <laughs> yeah, I because uh, I'm actually really looking forward to playing this. Uh, which is weird because I was, like, moderately excited about Borderlands 3. And then I think... Because did you ever finish Borderlands 3? No, I just... That game was not good. <laughs> I mean, I, f- I finished it. But... I know you did. I know. But you also <laughs> finished Far Cry 5. <laughs> I did also finish Far Cry 5. That's that's true. I was trying to figure out if there was anybody had indicated if there had been any interviews about Tiny, Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and how long the game was. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. So here's my goal. I have a lot of goals to finish prior to uh, this game coming out. I, w- I want to finish Horizon Forbidden West. I want to get the platinum there. Yeah. That's the goal there. However, Josh... You may have heard that there is this little DLC came out for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Which we own. That I want to play prior to Tiny Tina, starting Tiny, Tiny, Tiny Tina. But that's apparently 30 to 40 hours worth of content. Sure. And, you know, I already have 100 plus hours in, or I'm already running 100 <laughs> hours in Valhalla. Yeah, so it's uh, another 40 hours. <laughs> well, it's another 30, 40 hours <laughs> as far as that goes. Uh, but then I also, like you, probably should at least dip my toe in Elden Ring. Um, yes probably should take a car for a drive in gt7 even though i'm anticipate that i might not like it because i typically don't like racing games Mm -hmm. but then josh there's this one other game that has kind of been nagging at me to play because of a recent patch yeah uh pretty big game what's that a pretty big game yeah like i feel like i probably should give cyberpunk a try 
right? Yeah. Like it has a next gen patch now. I I feel like I need, but there's like there's no way that's all going to happen before you know two weeks, not even two, barely, yeah, it's like two weeks from now. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not going to sleep. Maybe I'll have to figure out a way to play <laughs> video games at work this week. I don't know. Like something's got to give here. Like goodness gracious, so many games are coming out, and then you know that's just completely skipping Ghostwire Tokyo and Tunic, and yeah, and Tunic. So like I don't man, too many games. Too, 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 too many games. So, Josh, if you are not done with Horizon by the time Tiny Tina's comes out, are you just going to stop playing Horizon? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will continue to play Horizon. That is my number one goal. It's just, you know, I just got to try to make time, and that's been tough. Yeah, I'm tired, tough. and I'm getting older. I know. And it's Dude, frustrating. Santa Blade is so hard these days. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anything else about uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands at DLC, Josh? No, I'm I'm excited that they're supporting it before the game even comes out. So at least we know that there is more content coming out after the release. Yeah, and the drop date for the first piece of content is like the end of April. Yeah, April 21st. So yeah, you got basically a month to get through that game until the DLC comes out. So, mm-hmm. um, well, moving on then, Josh. Uh, my Look at my second. internet connection is stable and strong know, and so nothing's good. happening. <laughs> I know, as you mentioned it, hopefully it stays that way. Um, you know, one other thing that uh, might get in the way of all this, Josh, is, you know, Returnal announced some DLC that's coming at the end of March. And we found out about that Returnal DLC at Sony's State of Play that yeah. they did this last week. Now, I would like to point out, Josh, that I got both of my predictions right last week. You did. I, I was for, very I, impressed. I said Forspoken was going to get delayed, and it did. And I said we were going to have a state of play, and we did. So okay. I, you know, maybe I just need to retire from the prediction game right now. Uh, but I was I was pretty proud of myself. Now this state of play from PlayStation was focused on their Japanese partners. Um, so yeah, it was only it about showed. twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it showed, and it was only about twenty minutes. Uh, but they did, you know, kind of go through a, a number of, of different things coming out uh things we knew about some new things uh maybe they should have just stuck to things we knew about because based off the new <laughs> things they announced um but overall josh a did you watch this state of play b what were your overall thoughts on it i did watch it um i thought it was good um uh it was fine <laughs> uh, yeah. uh um what do i want to say for me the biggest well, two things I would say. Um, Returnal's co-op uh, mode is very uh, interesting to me. I really would like to to test that out, um, whether it be with you or I ended up. This is a game I bought my cousin when he had COVID, so mm. uh, maybe I can get him play. Uh, we have some people in our Discord who also were interested, so I would just kind of like to to play it and see how it feels. I haven't even revisited it since they added. Um, saving and stuff right. so um, I just had too much to play and yeah. uh, I think is the Diofield Chronicle is that the one that isn't Final Fantasy Tactics that is the one that it is but is not Final right. Fantasy Tactics that looked yes. interesting to me I was interested in that um, so those ones really stuck out stuck out to me the Ninja Turtles thing is cool but I'm like I think I own all those emulated games on either my Genesis Mini or my SNES Mini or my NES Mini. So do I need... Turtles in Time would be nice to be able to play again. Yeah. 
And it has like two different versions of it. There's like the arcade version and the console version. So that that would be fun to play. Uh, but I don't know if they said it. it's probably going to be like a $40, $50 game and I don't need to spend that much on it. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you there. Anything else stick out to you from that show? I mean, something stuck out to me, but not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> was it maybe uh, dinosaurs falling from perhaps, portals? Perhaps it was not Dino Crisis, yeah. I was Josh, like, ooh, what can I get Dino Crisis? And then it just turned into this, like, it reminded me of, what's that insane Japanese game where you uh, fight the bugs? And there's like eight sequels to it. Earth Defense Force? That's exactly what it reminded me of. Earth Defense yeah. Force with dinosaurs. Yeah. I. So the show starts, right? And you have this trailer that just <laughs> starts with what is literally a dino crisis. Yes, it, it is, is dino crisis. It is literally <laughs> a dino crisis. But the game is called Exoprimal. It's coming out in 2023. I mean, the protagonist looks like that. One of the protagonists looks like they're exactly from Dino like, Crisis. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Now, here's what I will say, Josh. Nothing about this game looked good. Right. Agreed. But, man, did I laugh a number of times while watching that trailer. <laughs> and I have no doubts that, like, many of the co-op games that are similar to this, that with friends, I have no doubts this game is probably a good time. Yeah. Yep. You know? So that'll be the big thing. It just, you know, in an exosuit fighting wave after wave after wave of, instead of zombies, dinosaurs. That's really what you're doing, right? just like capcom has to know right like they gotta be in on the joke right that everyone wants dino crisis and they put out this game instead i guess they're not doing themselves any favors by (laughs) playing into the joke though (laughs) um so yeah so that's how the show started and it was just i i mean it really set the tone for what the show was going to be uh Ghostwriter Tokyo, Josh, does this game, you know, we've had a a lot of conversations about not being sure about what this game is or if we're going to like it or play it. Yeah. Uh, Did this trailer help in any way? Did it give you any other indication about whether or not you want to play this game? No. I mean, it it didn't show me anything more that I already saw from the last trailer. Yeah. I'm still still interested to see what this game is going to be like. Um, That and Strangers of Paradise. I have no clue what that game is going to be like either. Well, and that's one of the fascinating things about Stranger of Paradise is this game, when it first was shown, people were like, oh my gosh, this game looks horrible. But now people like seem to be into it, and I don't know like what happened. Like, What did they see that suddenly made them be into it? Because I think, it's they, still... they, think they have to be into it because it has a Final Fantasy name on it, so they have maybe, to support maybe. it. <laughs> maybe. And there is a demo, so maybe you know I should try out the demo and see, but like I yeah. just talked about the 10 games that I want to play. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. Right. I will say the for the Forspoken trailer, uh, obviously that game is now coming out in October instead of yeah. May. Dude, those magic spells look bonkers. They look so cool. Now, obviously, who knows how the game is going to play, but those spells, at least on screen, look awesome. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, other than that, you know, it's a whole bunch of... Oh, Chuck to Yomi looked really good. Yep, Trek to Yomi still really excited about. Um, Jojo, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R is coming this fall. Yeah. Uh, Gigabash, which basically is Gundam Overwatch. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, no. Or was that Gundam, Gundam Dynasty Warriors or something like that? No, that's Gundam no, Evolution. No. Yeah, that was Gundam Evolution. Yeah, Gigabash is the kaiju game. Kaiju battle, yeah. Yep, the kaiju battler. So, yeah, it was a whole bunch of, you know, really, I mean, yeah. 
a lot of bizarre games. Uh, pretty much what I anticipated it being. Like I said, I think I thought we were going to get some updates on games we knew about, and we'd probably see some smaller games from you know other Japanese studios. There was a lot of Square Enix in here. Yes. Uh, so we'll have to see because they, I mean, they had Stranger of Paradise, they had Forspoken, uh, then they had Diophilic Chronicle and Valkyria Elysium. So there was, there was a lot from, and those were all supposedly this year. Yeah. So we'll see how that all goes. But overall, um, yeah, I think it was a totally fine state of play. It definitely was not a, you know, there were rumors that the state of play from March was going to be like the big one. This was definitely not the big one. Um, (laughs) but I think there was a little bit of. I mean, there was a little bit of a unique crop of games that was shown there. And, you know, maybe not something for everyone, but I think something for a very specific group or fan of games that uh, I think was available there. You know, there were definitely a few people in our Discord who were very, very excited about that about that state of play. And were like, best state of play ever. Yeah. Um, so it just shows you that there are people out there who really, really um, kind of like the, the focus of this particular state of play. While there were others who really really did not like the sure. state of play so so yeah so what do you think josh we've had a, a state of plays going for a while now do you think this is good do you think they should keep the state of plays to things like this and kind of do those playstation showcases for us to anticipate just the bigger announcements or what are your thoughts on what they should be doing moving forward uh i don't think they should change anything uh they should keep it like nintendo does uh showcase things when you have things to showcase and don't force it uh if I would be a little bit critical about the PlayStation state of plays, I don't know that they need to show so much of the same games between like a state of play and uh, with featuring like 12 games and then a state of play just focusing on that specific game that was already shown yeah. in a previous state of play and then showing it again in another state of play. Like they could probably do without that so much. Um but I don't have any problems with what they're doing. I think they are sparsed out um, to a point where you're always excited to at least see what's in the new state of play. And they have ranged from anywhere from, what, 20 to 50 minutes sometimes. So yeah. they definitely uh, uh, just focus on what they have to show. They could have showed yeah. some PSVR 2 stuff because we, we got some PSVR 2 info like a couple weeks ago. They could have highlighted... Maybe the controllers or the Horizon game, but um, I'm sure they're saving that as well. So yeah, um, and I'm, I'm happy said, with it. Yeah, and they said very specifically that there wouldn't be any VR two stuff. In yeah. It. Um, I I do think we are getting to the point though. If you are a PlayStation person or just a, a general video game place person, that PlayStation does need to have, I think, a, a bit of a bigger show soonish. Like obviously, we had one back in September. But for the most part, other than like God of like God of War is supposedly still this year, and yeah. obviously Forspoken just got pushed to fall. But other than Ghostwire Tokyo coming up and MLB the show, yeah, I don't think we know release dates for anything else from PlayStation right now. Which isn't a bad thing because they they tend to come out out of the blue with big big giant like surprises, and that seems to be their thing. True. It, I don't think it's a bad thing either. I just think we're kind of getting to the point where it's like, what else do you have to show, right? Like they showed, we know like what Insomniac's doing like two years from now. Yeah, I know. But right? for everyone else, <laughs> yeah, but for everyone else, we really don't know. Like we have God of War coming and then what Insomniac's doing like two years from now. And yeah. everyone in the middle, we kind of don't know. Um, so I think it would be good to, to get a little more info there. You know, are we going to see any of this, you know, Last of Us Faction stuff this fall still or kind of what's going on there? But 
we'll see. Uh, supposedly, um, Xbox has a big showcase in May or June, and then another one in the fall. So, yeah, I was excited for these things. Love watching them and seeing kind of what's coming going on. So, yeah, you know, stay to play. Let's keep them crumbing. Twenty yeah. minute ones, hour and a half ones, whatever they might be. Uh, the nice thing I like about this twenty minute Japanese focused one that even if you weren't excited about any of this stuff, it didn't overstay its welcome. I 100% agree. You know, agree. it was in and out really quickly, um, and you could kind of move on with your day if you weren't excited about any of it. So. You know what we haven't seen in a long time is an inside Xbox. Yeah. Which is yeah. very odd. That like, is odd. They're usually very prompt with us. So, But I do think they have an idea at Xbox event coming up soon, yes? Do they? This they week? might, maybe. Yeah, I think this week, so... All right, well, with that, we're going to move on to our homework updates. Obviously, every two weeks, Josh and I give one another some homework and we report back on how it's gone. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking that it's, this is going to be uh, some not good grades for either of us this week. Yeah. Um, Josh, uh, <clears throat> you were assigned that you needed to play a, like a new board game. Yes. Um, and I was assigned that I need to play co-op with you for Elden Ring. Yes. Um, I mean, I will start to say I haven't even booted up Elden Ring yet, so clearly I failed yeah, at mine. <laughs> okay, cool. So we both failed at that then, but I, I will take it on myself that I was assigned the homework and did not encourage you to, yes. to do it. So I will I will take that L. Um, I'll take that F, I should say. But Josh, uh, any luck on the board game front? No, you know, and I wasn't really thinking. Uh, my wife is studying uh, real hard for an upcoming big, she has a big test uh, certification coming up in April. and oh, okay. I wasn't clearly thinking about how that would affect my board game time. Not that like we play board games together often, but when I do get to play a new game, it's with her. Usually. Mm-hmm. Usually. Um, so that was tough. That was tough. And, I, and I'm not trying to stress her out, so I didn't try to pressure that. But uh, I did not get to play a new board game. <laughs> uh, my goal is I'll probably just try to um, rope my neighbor who listens to this into rip Greg into oh, playing a game with me uh, on a Friday night or something and, and, and see if I can get some new board games in that way. But no, sounds- I did not do my homework. Unfortunately. Gotcha. Josh, do you have, um, a homework assignment for me for two weeks from now? Yeah, I got an easy one for you. You talked about it earlier. Um, and I'm just going to help you check this off your list. Uh, you just need to do uh, a race in Gran Turismo 7 uh, after the introduction. Because in the intro, they have you do like the rhythm song, and then it puts you in the hub world. All you got to do is do one I'm getting into the game race so that you can put it to bed if you need to. <laughs> okay. All right. GT7, here we go. Doing it. Okay, let me write this down really quick. I had to look yours up. Sorry, that's why I kind of asked it to you first. (laughs) Okay, so Kyle needs to do one race in GT7 past the intro. Okay. Josh, you know what you need to do? No. You need There's a game that you need to play. Okay. Um, It's a game that came out March 1st. Oh, interesting. And it is a game that is actually was made for... um, the Steam Deck. Oh. But can't, but can't be played via Steam with a controller. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do because um, the my coworker mentioned that the new Aperture Labs game came out and it was yes. made for Steam Deck, but you can use a controller. Yes. It is Aperture Desk Job is the name of the game. Okay. Um, it is free on yeah. Steam. 
zero dollars. Um, like I said, yeah, like you said, it is it is meant to be played um, for Steam Deck. It's only about a half hour long, is what I've been told. Okay. Um, but you can use a controller to play it. And apparently, uh, like Nate Bargatze, the comedian, is yeah. like one of the people in it. So oh, it's I apparently very good. Um, so that is your homework: is you need to play Aperture okay. Desk Job, um, and let everyone know how to, how it is. I can do that. Awesome. All right, Josh. Uh, aperture. I'm trying to write this down, and I'm like, Aperture <laughs> Desk Job. Okay. Um, any emails or anything this week, Josh? Oh, I think we did have an email. Almost forgot. I'm glad you asked. Uh, we're about to do like a uh, a segment called "From the Desk of Paul Calico." <laughs> <laughs> so this week, from the desk of Paul Calico, eighty four, the subject is t- "Dynamite," all caps. This is directed right at you, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> Hey, y'all, mad respect for Dino Nuggies. <laughs> yes, Dino Nuggies. <laughs> Kyle, you, Kyle, you get whatever shaped nuggets you want, man. Song lyrics that have meaning for Paul uh, are, quote, I'm not going to sing them. Each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back into race. That's life from Cage the Elephant. Also, mm. you can have my cash, but first I got to ask, what made you want to live this kind of life? That's interesting. Is that also KG Elephant? And then, oh, and, quote, we're the turtles. You can count on us, unquote, by TMNT. <laughs> uh, now, a song that makes Paul sad would be Ben Harper's Lonely Day. I'm still making my trek west. Also, he is still playing Forbidden West. Paul has decided to go after Poseidon first. But okay. have made, uh, but have been distracted with everything Horizon Forbidden West has to offer. I put some skill points into my machine tree, which I have not done. We should have been talking about our machine, our trees, because oh, I could have talked about what I've been doing. Because I, I don't know if the decisions I'm making are good. I think they just suit my playstyle, but I'm also wondering what well, I'm missing then. out on. Because <clears throat> um, I could really go for. Um, my overrides lasting longer because at this point I'm like, what is the point of overriding anything? Cause I'm going to turn my back to it and then it's going to attack me because I forget that my override runs out. Uh, sorry, tangent. So now I can program all the machines to be defensive or aggressive. Uh, now I know y'all don't really ride the mounts, but I have been overriding bristlebacks with aggressive programming. I did. Ooh. I did override my first bristleback the last time I played. Uh, then he leaves it behind, and if you're getting swamped by other machines, whistle, and reinforcement is there. It saved him more than once. Um, he named them oh, that's Pumbas. actually a really good point. Yeah, because you can just summon your mount if you yeah. have them. Dang. Okay, I'm going to start doing this more. That is an excellent, excellent tip. Good tip, Paul. He named uh, Bristlebacks Pumbas, and he named the Raptor mounts Chopperface. I haven't even seen the Raptor mounts yet. Uh, oh, that's not true. I fought some people who are on them, but I haven't been able to override them yet uh i did find the racers and that was interesting i don't know what those are but i'm sure i'll find them at some point paul says i'm not good at machine strike well that's too bad paul because i'm great at machine strike and i love it (laughs) um i couldn't think of any reddit names because i was cleaning rooms keep up the most excellent show thank you paul uh 
Because the end of Star Trek Prodigy, he started rewatching Voyager, so his recommendation is to pick an old Trek and watch a couple episodes. Mm. Thank you, Paul. That's and that's the conclusion of Paul's desk job. I will say uh, that desk is... job desk chat. <laughs> yeah, we'll come up with a name for this. I don't know. We'll figure something good. out for Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, my partner actually is a huge Star Trek fan. She really likes Star Trek. So, yeah, I used to Excuse love Star me. Trek. I haven't watched it in a long time. I haven't either. So awesome! All right, well, hey, feel free to if anybody else wants to have your own segment on the show, hit us up at board of the VG on Twitter <laughs> or board of the VG at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you have to write. With that, we're going to move on to wrapping things up with our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're in that is currently helping us live that well-rounded life. Yeah, Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Well, um. It was going to be between yours and mine, and I decided. Uh, I talked. To, I um, talked to my dad today, and he asked me if I had watched this movie, and I said I hadn't. I asked if it was appropriate for my son to watch, which he said yes, but he was wrong. But we still, I still watched it with my son. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Well, to put it into context, sometimes my son will say stupid, and we will tell him. That is not an appropriate conversation. And yeah. this movie. It's stupid, isn't it? It has lots of stupid in it. It has <laughs> some bullies in it. It has punching. It has swearing. It has mm. uh, a lot of stuff. And he kept going, Daddy, that person just said stupid. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's a movie. It's pretend. Uh, we watched The Adam Project. It's on Netflix. This is the Ryan Reynolds um, starring Sean Levy joint, um, which if you're interested, I have, you know, I, I have new guy. I haven't watched it yet, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to me because they filmed it down the street from my house. Uh, but that's another Sean Levy film. And it was just announced that he will be directing Deadpool three, which is exciting. So if you want to see Ryan Reynolds and how and Sean Levy working together, uh, did I say new guy? I meant free guy. Free guy. Yeah, free okay. guy. Yeah. I kept looking at your face like, I said something wrong. Kyle's being yeah. nice, but I said something wrong. <laughs> uh, the Adam Project was... Um, it was very good. And... Uh, <laughs> I got very emotional watching this movie. Oh, okay. Um, and I had a nice moment where... Even though I was watching this and it wasn't necessarily the best movie for my five-year-old to be watching, mm-hmm. we did watch it together, the whole thing. And for most of the movie, he was sitting with me, like, snuggling, watching it. And there's some really touching father-son stuff. And mm-hmm. there was a moment where I was crying and I was able to give my son a hug and really enjoy that moment and it was a very nice moment that not everyone will be able to do right but i still think this is a very well acted very well directed movie there is one big old gripe i have and i'll i can tell it to you because it's not a spoiler or i'll leave the spoiler part out there is part of the movie where they do the disney but we didn't use enough money disney anti-aging Oh, um, gotcha. For a yeah. specific character. And it is, it goes from not great 
CG to that's playing all the different uh, person playing uh-huh. that person, and it's very obvious. Uh, too back, too bad. CG um, for just a brief moment in the movie, but I really did not enjoy that part. Um, but I guess I could tell you without spoiling the movie what the movie is about. Um, Ryan Reynolds plays Adam. He has to go back in time to do something. Um, and that is how did I have a hiccup in there? And that is how I was very, I was very paranoid for a second. (laughs) At least that's like the tiniest little hiccup. Um, and that's kind of like the premise of the movie is him having to, um, work with himself as a kid and kind of, uh, overcoming some of his maybe childhood trauma, maybe childhood issues, but it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, if you have Netflix, this is a no brainer. Check it out. If you can. Gotcha. And yeah. And I believe free guys on Disney plus. It is on Disney plus now. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, Josh, real quick question for you. Uh, so when it comes to Sean Levy, yeah. uh, and his, you know, movies he's directed, uh, what is his best movie, Josh? Uh, let me look it up and I'll tell you because there, there is a right answer. Uh, his best, oh boy. I mean, uh, I don't know what you're gonna say. I, I, I let me say real briefly, really, I have not seen Free Guy or The Adam Project yet, but I hope to see them both very soon. So neither of those are included just because I haven't seen them. Okay, <laughs> this. Actually, he has some pretty good ones in here. I know. Um, There's still one that's the best. There's a movie in here that I saw as my first date with my wife. Ooh. And it's Real Steel, which is a movie I love. Real Steel. That is the correct answer. That movie is amazing. And I saw it in IMAX, and it was filmed partially in IMAX. So good. I love that movie so much. Actually, I should introduce my son to Real Steel. That it's seems so like a good. no-brainer. Hugh Jackman, Evangeline Lilly, Anthony Mackie. Oh, that movie is yeah, so good. Yeah, famous anti-vaxxer Evangeline Lilly. <laughs> I'm just saying. You... I know, I know. I just This is what the internet does to us. I know. Who cares, right? The, he also did The Internship. That's a very uh, good movie. Uh, unfortunately, he did do The Night of the Museum movies. I can't hold that against him. Um, but yeah. Great movie. Check out the Adam Project and Real Steel. Check it out. Yeah, I will say, Josh, I I, I do prefer uh, the Intern over the Internship. I haven't seen the Intern, but yeah, I, I think the Internship is funny. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that movie. Like, I don't know that it's a quote unquote good movie, but something about it, I just really like the Intern. Yeah, I don't know why, but Robert De Niro and Hathaway, I don't know. Anyway, that's not my recommendation. So that's The Adam Project on Netflix. You can check it out. Uh, my recommendation then was Josh's apparently other potential recommendation. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, you don't have to go too far to see people talking about this movie. But that is Turning Red on Disney+, Plus, Pixar's newest film. Here's the thing. You're going to see a lot of, I think, uh, differing opinions about this movie. Even if you don't like a pixar movie even their bad movies are still better than most other movies <laughs> yeah but i, I mean... like the like i like this movie i think it is very good um it really does an excellent job of capturing i feel like the time period that the movie happens in yeah um and it, it i don't know i i think it deals with a lot of 
things that as teenagers or young adult or, you know, tweens, if you would, <laughs> that kids start to struggle with of like, what is it like to like try to love your family, but also like feel more connected to your friends than you do your family at points? And like, how do you balance that need and that want and that desire to like do the things you want to do versus the things you should do? Like, I think it's really good. Um, you know, it's done with their typical Pixar charm. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think that I, I don't know that, you know, for the most part, like I think Pixar really does a good job. Like even like Luca that came out, I think last year that it was that people were like, Oh, it's a little bit of a sidestep. Like even still that movie. No, I thought Luca was great. Yeah. You know, so, uh, if you have the opportunity, I think you should check it out. Um, I think turning red is good. Um, potentially great uh it, it is really man pixar is just so darn good at what they do um that it's really hard to not recommend kind of anything they've ever worked on so that's turning red on disney plus awesome hey josh what do you say we wrap this show up hey let's do it let's do it thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board with vg you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board with vg so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, join us in our inbox with Paul at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag ourselves with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch, at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost.